righty. Good morning, everybody. My name is Rich, and uh, we're super excited to have you here. Who here besides me is happy that plaid season is back? Flannel season, yeah. <laughs> Hoodies, all that. Awesome, awesome. Um, we've been doing a series as a church called, um, what is it called? Cultivate. And we're looking at vocation and calling and work and how God is just um, a big part of, of that. And so often, um, especially in church world, we hear a lot about serving and working inside the church context, but not really a whole lot about working outside of church, um, even though that's for, for uh, everybody here except me. That's your world, right? Like working in your jobs. And, and so as we've been going through this series that we're in, we're looking at how God is a God who calls us to work and how God is the one who created work. It's God's idea. And you're going to hear more about that this morning, just how God works through our vocation and where he has us in different places in our, our city and county um, for his name, for his glory. But I thought it'd be great for you to hear from some people in our church uh, who work and just how God has been, uh, how he put them in that position and how he's working through them in that position that they're in. And so on the stage with me, help me say hello to Denise and Dante. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, um, and so um, I got some questions that we're just going to have a conversation up here and talk about uh, just work and God and work. And, and uh, so why don't you start off by telling us, here, you can grab the mic here. Uh, tell us uh, a little bit, Denise, why don't you go first? Um, I was going to have you tell us your name, but I just Denise. told you it's Denise, yeah. <laughs> but why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, your, your work and uh, how long you've been doing that for? I am an elementary music teacher, and I've been doing it for about 22 years. <laughs> at, this, at my current school, which is Central Elementary, a block away, I've been there 10 years. Awesome. Really quick question. Who here in this room has had... Mrs. Saxman, as a teacher, raise your hand. Anybody here? Whoa, check that out. Check that out. Awesome. And that's just in this room. There's probably some over in the next rooms over there. So, so awesome. And Dante, how about you? Where, where are you at and how long have you been there for? Um, well, I do armed and unarmed security for a DBSAS unit and a permanent residency for homeless, our homeless community in Bellingham. Uh, and I've been doing that for about a year now. Awesome. <laughs> so why don't you tell us a, just a little bit about, uh, so, so Denise, you've, you've been teaching uh, music, right? And Dante, what, it, what exactly is, I think we probably all have a pretty good understanding of what a music teacher does, probably? Yeah, okay. Tell us a little bit about what, what it means to be in unarmed, in armed security. What, is that, what does that look like for you? Um, I mean, I basically ensure the safety of either the, re the RCs or what they call them, uh, residential counselors, and as well as the residents in the facilities. Uh, they sometimes have some issues with substances, so they may have people they owe money to. Um, they might have some like TBIs, traumatic brain injuries, et cetera, or really bad mental illnesses. So mm -hmm. I kind of help de-escalate them, provide them with proper resources, and just kind of try to be an ally to that facility. So Awesome, awesome, yeah. so cool. Um, a great question I like asking people when it comes to their line of work that they're in is why? Of all the different vocations that there are in this world, thousands of them, why that one? And so, why, Denise, why don't you start? Why, why did you get into teaching? 
and how was, was, did you sense God a part of that process? How did that, just, just tell us a little bit about how, how you got into that. Yes, I definitely felt God being a part of that process, but I was reflecting back to what you talked about last weekend, and when you said you wanted to be a rock star, my first job was gonna be a dolphin trainer. I thought going to SeaWorld was like the best thing in the world, and I was gonna train dolphins until I learned how much science you had to take, and I said, oh, no thanks. Um, I had been involved in music classes and lessons and plays throughout all of my elementary, middle school, high school years, and in high school, um, one of the women in our church happened to be an elementary music teacher, and she had kind of taken me under her wing a little bit and befriended me. And she tapped me on the shoulder one day and said, hey, do you want to come like, watch my elementary music class? And um, you ha I ha happened to have an independent study period. So I went and did that, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is made for me. I love kids. I have loved music my entire life. I am going to do this for the rest of my life. Um, and I don't know if that's what would have happened if I had not had her in my life at that time. I'm not quite sure, because I feel like God placed her there for that reason and that purpose. And she became a friend to my children, even when they were really little until she passed away. But um, went through college at Western, loved my job. At, uh, I student taught back in my hometown, and I got to do it with her, which was a huge blessing. Uh, at the end of my student teaching time, uh, I applied for a couple of jobs, one in Ferndale, which I had no idea even where it was. Um, <laughs> and it was that time where you're just sending out a bunch of resumes. And the principal at that elementary school had moved to California. And one day she just called me and said, hey, I'm gonna be the principal at a brand new elementary school. Do you wanna be my music teacher? And that's how I got my first job. Mm. Uh, we, Joel and I were newlyweds. We prayed about it and thought this was going to be a great adventure. And I got to teach in Palm Springs for three years. That was a great, great experience. Um, but got pregnant with Melina and was going to be a new mama and decided Palm Springs was not where we wanted to stay. So we moved back up to the area. And I was 100% content with being a uh, stay-at-home mom. I loved it. I never thought I was going to go back to teaching, ever. I loved being a stay-at-home mom. Um, as the kids got a little bit older, I started dabbling in it. And when Joel was, I'm not sorry, Rich was talking last week about it being a calling, I really think that it was a calling on my life because I couldn't say no to teaching music. Mm. So. Um, it started with, can I start a preschool music class at Melina's preschool? Oh, great, thanks. And so I would do that. And then it'd get a little further. Oh, I'll just substitute for music teachers in our district. That, that'll be enough. That'll, that'll be fine. <laughs> and then when Evan went into kindergarten, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a stay-at-home mom with no kids in the house. I am going <laughs> to love this year. And that's not how it turned out. So uh, it was the end of that school year um, before Evan was going into kindergarten. And um, Melina's music teacher said, hey, there are two elementary music positions open in our town um, starting next year. I think you should apply. And I was like, oh, no. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a year looking ahead of me. That's going to be great. And within two weeks, I was hired. <laughs> and I... It was a huge shift 
There were so many things in that pathway that should not have happened. They should not have been able to get a hold of my past principal who I hadn't worked for for 10 years. They shouldn't have been able to get my paperwork done in time. And I tell you, I am telling the truth when I say, I am driving down the road, praying out loud, Jesus, please do not open this door for me. I feel like I'm following what you want me to do, but close it. <laughs> close that door. And I got a phone call almost immediately that says, we're ready to interview you. Can you be ready Friday? Uh. Okay. <laughs> Yes, so that I just feel like from the point of call, uh, high school till that jo this job in Ferndale, uh -huh. I could not ever say no, and it uh -huh. felt like a calling on my life. Uh, love it, that's so awesome, so awesome. So cool. How about you, Dante? Um, I started my current career path, I've been doing it on and off since I was about 21. I've always kind of been a protector, love that, uh, that field. Um, but this most recent time, uh, my best friend actually joined the military with, uh, we went in with a civilian to special forces contract. His dad had called me about a year ago and said like, hey, I need some people that are qualified to do some security. Um, we're short on some staff. Would you do me a favor and do this for a couple months? And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I'm not really doing anything too crazy. Like, I'll just do it for a little bit. So it was never in my mind that I was going to like pursue this adamantly or that it was like God breathed yet. It was just more like, mm. a, oh, I'm doing somebody a favor. Like he's like family, you know, why not? Um, so that was kind of how I mm. started out. On awesome. Yeah. I love that how you've always been a, a protector. And if you're, if you hang out with Dante, I've, I've been on mission trips with Dante and, and you know, like he's, he, he wants to make sure that everybody's going to be okay. And so to see how God puts that in you and shapes you and molds you, now you're in this position where you, you get to get paid to do that. I mean, that's, that's yeah. pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Blessing, sure. um, how would you, so when it comes to, one of the things we've been talking a lot about in this series um, is how our, our work is actually, it's our opportunity to make the world a better place. And uh, we see that Adam and Eve, God puts them in the, the garden that's just raw earth material, all that kind of stuff. And he puts them there to cultivate it and make it a better place. So how would you say, how, how, did you, how, do, how does your job, like how do you see that, you're able to help um, make the world a better place, or maybe another way to put it is how do you see God in your work? What is that? Any, any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I could tell you both how I see God working through your work, but I'm curious what you, how you guys would respond to that. Well, I think music, well, am I still on? And I think music brings a lot of joy to people's life. You mm. can feel it this morning during worship. And mm. um, I think that all of us connect to music differently. And so I kind of feel as the job of an elementary music teacher is to expose students to a lot of different aspects because of the way one person experiences music is not the same as another. And we have strong performers who love to be on stage. And then you have people who love to attend music and watch it. And you have... Um, people who just really like to listen to music because it calms them down. So there's so many different ways we experience music, and my job is to expose elementary school students to that, all those aspects so that they can find the way that music speaks to them. Mm -hmm. um, I think we take for granted that um, students come to us like singing in their homes. Well, that doesn't happen quite as much as it used to. And so some kids don't realize they can sing, and some kids don't realize that they're going to be great on the guitar one day. Mm -hmm. um, and then to inspire them to pursue that later in life. 
right? Mm -hmm. um, whether that's cheering on your marching band at the high school or whether it's watching our performances, like there's just so many different ways you can pursue music as an adult mm -hmm. that brings joy and fulfillment to your mm -hmm. life. So good, yeah. Music just, it does, it, it brings joy. It reflects the creativity of God and the beauty of God and the wonder of God and so that you can bring that to, to kids and, and young adults. I mean, looking around the room, I know I saw some hands go up that, that are in the high school band now and, and pretty awesome, pretty awesome. And I don't know if you've ever have seen this happen, but I've seen it happen a few times where a kid is coming to our doors for the first time and the first thing they see is this familiar face and they holler out, Mrs. Saxman! And just, uh, you can just see, Denise, that you make, you make an, quite an impact on kids and families, and so we're, we're super grateful for that. How about you, Dante? Um, for me, uh, well, one thing that was super shocking for me, so about three months in, I get offered to do this position at the DBSAS unit and at uh, 22 North, and initially, like, for the most part, security is a customer service job. You wanna make people happy. You're trying to de-escalate before it comes to any other sort of scenario. Um, but I was always of the mind, like, I'm the bad guy. You're always the bad guy once you do security. And uh, there was an interaction, like, my second week at the facility where I, I can't really say names, but, like, I helped a lady with a uh, domestic violence issue um, where he had gotten pretty aggressive with, uh, like, a firearm. And, like, for the first time ever, this, somebody, like, came up and, like, hugged me and said, I love you and, like, thank mm. you. And I was like, uh, <laughs> what? Like, I almost started crying, actually. And then it made me realize that, like, everything can be about Jesus and, like, that, that dynamic and, like, how you choose to engage with people is everything. So after that, I completely remapped how I was going to train my security, how I was going to interact with people. Mm. And I was like, I want to be an ally to them. I want to be a friend first. I want to love on them and show them that they're seen because if I can get into that, that vein and show them Jesus that way, I feel like there's going to be dividends there and, like, uh, an emotional and relational mm -hmm. equity. Yeah. yeah. Right? So my way of... Yeah. Um, so my way of like making people's lives better is for the transient and the homeless community, they just want to be seen, like they want to be loved. So I try to show them that like, hey, I see you, I love you, I'm here with you, I'm your ally, and uh, I'm able to show them Jesus through that. Mm. So. so good. So good. Um, one of the, so Dante and I were actually uh, sitting downtown Bellingham here a couple months ago at Just Poke, which I highly recommend, by the way. Um, <laughs> And uh, we were sitting there and just kind of catching up. And Dante and I were talking about work. It was actually that conversation. I've been kind of thinking about doing this series for a while, but it was that our conversation that made me go, okay, no, I need, this needs to happen now. And as we were sitting there, downtown Bellingham, uh, I don't know, it was probably two o'clock or so, and um, this homeless lady comes up um, at our table. We were, you can sit inside or outside. We were sitting outside at this picnic table, and this homeless lady came up and asked if we would buy her a meal. And this guy, I was just amazed in awe of how he responded to this lady. I think most of us in that moment would, would be like, no, I'm having my meal, uh, stop being rude and interrupting, uh, no, I can't pay, whatever. Dante is like, hey, why don't you just sit down here and how are, you, how are things going, how are you doing? And just took a very sincere interest in what was really happening in this lady's life and then um, and then helped helped her out and didn't just help her out said hey here's something for you to pass on to somebody else and help them out and I was just in awe I was like okay you are being Jesus 
in downtown Bellingham, the hands and feet of Jesus in a powerful way. And Denise, you're being Jesus in your classroom in a powerful, powerful way. And so, yeah. So. I just want to say, I love how our two professions are so different from each other, mm -hmm. yet Jesus is speaking through us both in our own yeah, ways. Absolutely. Yeah, so good. Hey, let's pray for Denise and Dante. Would you join me in that? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, uh, God, the, these, these positions that you have Denise and Dante in. And God, we look at those and we just give you the glory and the praise, God, because you, you knew Denise and you knew Dante before they were even born. God, you knew who they were going to be. God, you knew how you were going to gift them and the, the passions and the skill sets and all these different things. And, and here they are in these positions, God, where they're able to be the people, Lord, that you've made them to be, and they're able to be an impact and a light, God, in, in these two very different settings, one in, the, in, a, in a, a classroom with kids and the other one downtown. Um, we thank you, Lord, though, that, God, they are your presence, God. They're your hands and feet in those two, two very different places. And, Lord, we just want to ask, God, that you would bless them, that, God, they would find such joy, God, in their work, that, God, they would see how you are working through them to make people's lives better, to make this world a better place, and that, Lord, they would, they would just know the smile of their Savior on their lives and on their work. We pray your deepest blessing on them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Which makes some noise for them. Awesome. <laughs> so good. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome. Very cool. Well, I'm not going to take a lot of time this morning, but I just want to share a couple of thoughts um, as we, as we kind of continue this series here where we're looking at our work and what that all means. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a problem as we've been looking at the last couple of weeks when it comes to work. And uh, especially when, how, and when it comes to how we see work, um, it's, a, it's a, a problem that has been created over the course of the last couple centuries where we have this divide. We see some work as being sacred work and other work as being secular work. It's like some work is, is spiritual work that God is in and, and other work, not so much. But as you saw this morning, that, that is just not the case. Um, God works through everybody in every position if we open up our lives and we let him do that. And, uh, well, thanks, Eve. Oh, yeah, I'm going to like, I do this every week. You'd think I would learn by now. <laughs> but God works through our, our jobs, and your jobs are meaningful. They, they have, uh, God can work through them to make a, a, a big difference in people's lives. But a lot of times, um, especially when it comes to, to the church, uh, whether it's intentional or unintentional, we get this message that unless work has to do with like church type work or work that has to do with people's eternity, it's somehow not as significant. And this has even led to a whole different problem where I think sometimes people see their work is just, it's, it's about helping provide the, the finances to, to do kingdom work or spiritual work. And it's all just not true. And what we've been uncovering in this series is that, that your work has great, great value, greater value than simply providing a paycheck or helping out your church or your, your favorite ch charity. Your work in and of itself has intrinsic value. It's valuable because work, as we saw in week one, is God's idea. God is a worker, has value because it's God who shapes you and molds you and then calls you 
to that work that you do, and, and he, he's in it. Um, a lady named Dorothy Sayers once wrote an essay called Why Work? And in it, she said this. She said, let the church remember this, that every maker and worker is called to serve God in his profession or trade, not outside it. The only Christian work is good work. Well done. So good. And this morning, I want to look at the two biggest factors that give your work Meaning, And to do that, we're going to look in the book of Mark. And if you want to follow along your Bible, we're going to be in Mark chapter 12, verse 28, a very well-known passage of Scripture. But in it, Jesus is having a conversation with some teachers and some religious law people. And the Bible says this. It says, one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the, the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? And Jesus gives this well-known answer. The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, love the, uh, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. And there's a number of reasons why, why your work matters. Um, you know, at its most practical level, your work matters because it's going to help you survive, right? It, work is what puts a roof over your head. Roof is what puts the bacon on the table. And we all know if we don't have bacon on the table, we're not going to survive. It puts gas in the tank. It gives you electricity in the battery of your vehicle. Uh, it, it's, you, you need work to survive. But I would say if this is the only reason that you work, you have the smallest view of work possible. This view, this view sees work as relatively insignificant. It just helps you survive. But work is so much more. Work is ultimately about fulfilling these two great commandments that Jesus gave us here in Scripture. First, we work to bring glory to God. We work to worship. We work as a way of showing God that we love Him. We do it as unto the Lord. And this is actually the main goal of your work, to faithfully work for the glory in the honor of God. Loving the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength is not just about coming in here and singing some songs on a Sunday morning. No, loving God is what happens when, when the student chooses to dedicate their schoolwork to God and give it their very best because it's ultimately for Jesus. It's what happens when the security guard does their job out of love for Jesus, when the painter paints out of love for God, the teacher teaches out of love for God. Loving God is what happens when you do your work to please God more than you do it even to please your boss or your teacher or your spouse. You make your work about God. And when you work with this kind of a heart, your work is worship. It glorifies God. It honors Him. It makes, it makes much of Him. Scripture even commands us saying this in Colossians 3. It says, Servants, do what you're told by your earthly masters, and don't just do the minimum that will get you by. Do your best. Work from the heart for your real master for God, confident that you'll get paid in full when you come into your inheritance. And listen to this line. Keep in mind always that the ultimate master you're serving is not your boss. It is who? It's Christ. You're ultimately serving Christ. Ultimately, you're working for God. Ultimately, you're not working for bosses or paycheck. You're working for, for Jesus. And when you understand that your work 
can be an expression of your love for God. It can be about worship. You will bring your best. You'll bring your best. You'll do that job with excellence. You'll bring your best to that. I love how Martin Luther King Jr. talked about the heart of worship that we, we need to bring into work. He said this. He said, If it falls to your lot to be a street sweeper, sweep the streets like Michelangelo painted pictures, like Shakespeare wrote poetry, like Beethoven composed music. Sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, here lived a great street sweeper who swept his job well. So good. The other big reason that we work, and we're going to spend just a little bit more time on this, um, is because it's one of the key ways that we fulfill the great command to love our neighbor. It's how we love our neighbor. Um, one of the books that I've been re reading a lot is, just to help with this series is, is a book called Work Matters. It's by a guy named Tom Nelson. Really good. But he says one of the primary ways that we tangibly love our neighbors is to do excellent, God-honoring work in our various vocations. And here's what this, this means. When you serve customers in a God-honoring honoring way, when you build houses in a God-honoring way, when you teach students in a God-honoring way, you are loving people in a very tangible way. Your vocation, whatever that is, it gives you an opportunity to love people in a very, very tangible way. Um, there's this moment in ancient Israel's history where they were living as foreigners in Babylon, and they'd been exiled. Babylon wasn't their home. Israel was. And yet, as the people are living in this foreign land, God comes along and gives them some very specific, practical commands on how they could love their neighbors. Scripture says, This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says to all the captives he has exiled to Babylon from Jerusalem. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so, they, so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away. And then he says this, this, this key, key line here. And work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. God comes along and says, don't just be off doing your own thing. No, jump in, engage, work for the peace and the prosperity and the welfare of the city that you live in. And, and when we do that, it's, it's a very practical way to love, love God. Tom Nelson, who wrote this book, he says that, he talks about how part, part of uh, loving your neighbor well is, is having a robust, how he, this is how he puts it, a robust theology where we embrace a life of common grace for the common good. Common grace for the common good. Okay, Rich, what the heck does common grace for the common good. What, what, what is that all about? Well, theologians uh, talk a lot about two different, there's two different kinds of grace. Um, there is what's called saving grace, and then there's common grace. Saving grace is the kind of grace where you, you put your faith and trust in Jesus. It's the grace where God sent his son to open up a door for you to have eternal life. And when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, even though we do not deserve it, he saves us. He transforms us. He makes us a new creation. It's, it's saving grace. Common grace is, is a little bit different. Um, whereas saving grace is for the believer, common grace is seeing all of life in this world that God created as a gracious gift. It's a gift that we don't deserve for the same reason that we don't deserve saving grace. 
But what makes this different from saving grace is that common grace is grace for both the believer and grace for the unbeliever as well. Author Stephen Garber, he, he describes the difference between the two like this. The sweet smile of a baby, the tender embrace of a mother, the passion of a kiss, the smell of bread, bread baking and meat grilling, the glories of the sea and the sky, the gift of good work that satisfies and serves, the ordered safety of streetlights and speed limits, the wonders of good novels and good music, the miracles of x-rays and dental care, the bright yellow daffodils and the pastels of foxgloves, the steady support of friends and the enduring affection of a spouse, the accountability of justice and the responsibility of citizenship and on and on and on. Each are common graces. They do not save us from our sin, but they are gifts of God, and we see them as that. You see, God's love for the world doesn't just compel him to send his son to die on a cross for the world. God's love for the world compels him to give all these good gifts, even though we don't deserve them. And now here's where our work has so much significance and it has so much value. Our work gives us the daily opportunity to, to join in with God and dispense that common grace to our students, to our customers, to our coworkers, to the people that we serve through whatever job it is that we do. We have an opportunity to come along God, alongside God and dispense that grace and bless through the work that we do. It's common grace for the common good. Work that causes your neighbor, your customer, your team, your city, your country to thrive and to flourish. Common grace for the common good. This last week, um, every, every, most falls around this time, right around the middle of October, Becky and I always try to get away um, and just get reacquainted with each other after the craziness of fall and just the busyness of everything that happens in September and October. And, uh, and also, it's our dating anniversary tomorrow. So we're like, hey, this is a great, great chance for us to pull away. We've been dating for 27 years. Yes. And so, so we try to pull away. And uh, we, have a, we have a couple spots that we, we like to go to. But one of our favorite spots, we love to go like downtown Vancouver, BC. And we have this hotel that we've been going to for probably 12, 13 years now. We've been there a lot. And... Uh, and when we arrived, we had a very helpful lady check us in. Then we had a really kind guy um, offer to help take our luggage up to our room. When we got into our room, we, we walked in, and, and, and when you have a family with five kids, you, you have a whole new appreciation for a room that is clean and immaculate. All the beds are made, and not that our kids are slobs, but... Um, <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's clean. There's like not dust anywhere. There's, there's, there's no crumbs on the table. And I, I, lo I love, I love cleans. If someone had cleaned the room for us, um, it was, it was just, we were able to go in and relax. On Friday morning, we woke up and had a soak in the hot tub. And um, then we ended up chatting with the, uh, the maintenance guy. We had, he was, he wanted us to get out because he wanted to come in and check the, the chemicals, but he gave us, uh, another 30 minutes or whatever. We started chatting with this guy. Fi found out that this guy was from um, Bulgaria, and he was, uh, he had kind of broken English, but through his broken English, you can understand that he had, had been uh, 
had a pretty significant, significant career in swimming. And it actually trained um, Olympic athletes. And, and he just was sharing all this stuff and talking about some of the training that he's doing now in high schools. And Becky finally said, hey, can, can we get your autograph? And, and uh, just joking, right? And um, the guy goes, no, I'm just the maintenance guy. And now I've been preaching this series, right? So when he said, uh, no, I'm just a maintenance guy, I had to say something, right? I wanted to preach at him, but I didn't preach there at the, the poolside in downtown Vancouver. But I did stop and say, hey, you're not just a maintenance guy. Your job is, is so, so important. And I didn't say all that I was thinking, but I wish I would have said, hey, without you, this place, it falls apart pretty quick. If this place falls apart, guess what? My wife and I, who have been coming here for years, aren't coming here like we've been coming here. The, 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 the families that come here for leisure and the, the workers that come here for business, they're, they're not coming here and being refreshed and rejuvenated and, and, and having their souls restored like we, like, we, like we had. Your work is not just work. You're not just a maintenance man. You are working not just for a paycheck, but you're working for the good of your city, for the welfare of your city, for the welfare of a couple that you've never met before. You have no idea how the work that you do is blessing other people. And he didn't even realize it, but he was doing so much more than just testing for the right chemical balance in the pool. So much more than just making sure that the doors and the windows were working. So much more than just making sure that, that the mechanics of the hotel were all in place. So much more than just work. And how about you? How do you see your work? How do you see the work that you do? Is it about loving God first and foremost for you? Okay, I'm gonna, this job that I do, God, it is ultimately for you. I'm ultimately serving you, whether it's, it's building houses, whether it's in healthcare, whatever it might be, God, it is ultimately for you. Is that how you see it? And second, do you see your job as about your, your partnering with God himself in dispensing and giving away common grace for the common good? You're like that, that people that that, that passage, passage of scripture was, was written for, where you are, you are, you are working for the good, for the peace, for the prosperity, for the welfare of your neighbors. It's about loving your neighbors. And God wants you to see that your work matters, that it has value, that, that it has significance no matter what, what it is that you do. And, and, and be encouraged. You've been called by God to love him in your workplace. You've been called by God to bring glory and honor to him in your workplace. You've been called to do it in such a way that points to the goodness, to the love, to the greatness of God, and do it in such a way that your work is an expression of God's love to the world that you're in. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Lord, thank you so much for... Lord, just the, the great time that we've had worshiping you together and singing together and, and talking vocation together and calling. And Lord, I thank you so much, um, God, for, for, each diff, for each vocation, God, that is represented just in, in this room and, and those watching online. God, just here alone in this small group of people, God, such a broad, broad, broad group of, of vocations represented here. And Lord, I pray, Jesus, that we would, 
walk out of this room and walk into our work week, whatever that looks like, and God, just have a whole new perspective on that. Lord, help us, first of all, to see our work, God, is about so much more than just a paycheck. God, help us to see it as being something that we do for, you, for, for your honor and for your glory. That our work, God, is about loving you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. God, I pray, Lord, that, that our worship, God, would not end this morning, but God, that our worship would continue on from, through, from Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. God, may we worship you in, in the, the work that we do, in how we do our work. And then, God, may we also see our work, God, as being something that, God, you want to work through, God, to make this world a better place. God, you want to work through our work, God, to dispense your grace and your goodness, God, to those who our work impacts. God, may we not see ourselves as just this or just that. But God, may we see ourselves, God, in, in the vocation that we do, whether it's paid work, whether it's schoolwork, whether it's work that we do in our homes. God, may we see it as something that we do because you've shaped us and wired us and designed us, us for that in this season. God, may it bring new value and new significance to everything that we do. Thank you for that. And just while your heads are bowed this morning, your eyes are closed. We can't have a service like this and me not give you an opportunity if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus to let this be that moment for you. We sang this song earlier on about the goodness of God. And you have, may have never put your faith and trust in Jesus. Maybe you did a long time ago and you just have walked away from him. You need to know that his goodness is running after you. His goodness is running after you. You're not sitting here listening to this just by happenstance. No, his goodness is running after you. He loves you. He cares so much about you. He wants to be the rock in your world that might just be completely turbulent and chaotic right now. He wants to be that for you. He wants to be your savior and your rescuer. And while your heads are bowed, eyes closed, I just... I want to pray for you. Is there anybody here who's saying, yes, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus? Anybody here, just put your hand up nice and high. Anybody here, you're like, this is the day. I want to, I'm going to follow Jesus. Anybody. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your goodness that is chasing us. We thank you, Lord, that, that you are a rock for us. We thank you, Jesus, that your love for us does not shift. It does not change. And God, I just want to invite you to keep pursuing us. God, not only us that are listening to this right now, but God, keep pursuing those in our city that don't know you. God, make your love and your goodness and your light known. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, we're going to sing one last song. and and just offer this up to Jesus this morning. And as we sing this, we're going to give you an opportunity to give back to God, tithes and offering. And so uh, if this is your home church, great opportunity just to bless Jesus with your giving this morning. So why don't you stand with us and let's sing this last song with everything we got. God bless.